Welcome into Patriot Sports. This is Will Dundon. I got Nick Trucial and Reese Bennett here, boys. Everyone have a good weekend? Yeah, it was good. I had a nice time. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I was uh, down in Atlanta, got to see the uh, Dirty ATL, so I had some fun down there, and now I'm excited to be back uh, in the studio with the boys. So. Did you go Did you go for like a concert or something? What did you go for again? Uh, a couple of birthdays. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm. we just got to check out the city. Uh, just do some fun things. Oh, yeah. See the yeah. Superdome? Sure, sure oh, that's, I'm I, thinking New Orleans. I can only imagine. Yeah. Same vibes, I feel like. Yeah. The Mercedes very, very, very different, but very well, similar. Yeah. The Superdome is Mercedes-Benz, and so is the new Falcons, so I always think they're the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Very easy to spend some money, and uh, they have a very cool aquarium. You can swim oh, with uh, yeah. whale sharks. The Georgia Aquarium is really nice. I didn't really do nice. it, but nah, I, I, ta- I talked about doing it. <laughs> uh, traffic, though. Oh yeah, and but Uber's cheap. Really? Yeah, very very cheap compared to Nashville. Probably Do you think because it's there's, there's so many Uber yeah. drivers. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. The surge just isn't up like it like mm-hmm. it gets mm-hmm. in Nashville. Yeah, but enough about Atlanta. We we don't need to talk too much about Georgia yeah. as we're no, uh, here no, at no. home in Nashville. Speaking Tennessee. of Ubers, we're going to need one if we're going to the Titans preseason game Saturday night. That's right. Oh, I like that idea. Anyway, I'm going to open up, guys. So, as you know, I consider myself a pretty big Nebraska fan. Really? And we were in the news a little bit this past week. Odd timing, as uh, we've got a game this Saturday. You know, it's kind of interesting that the NCAA just decided to kind of pop in a week and a half before we kick things off. So, apparently these allegations coming in on Scott Frost, part of them have to do with the special teams analyst that we had, which if you know, if you've watched any Nebraska football the past few years, our special teams has been awful. It has been a liability to us. Really been a factor in us winning and losing games a lot of the times. Not having a kicker, having terrible coverage on punts and kicks. I mean, it's just been a problem. So we hired an analyst, tried to figure it out. He sucked. Let him go. (laughs) Out of there. Whatever. No big deal. Also, obviously, last year with COVID and everything, we had there was a rumor of basically Scott Frost kind of organizing off-field workouts, kind of under the you know under the table, Similar trying to Titans. trying to sneak it around, you know. So let me start with let me start with the analyst real quick. Apparently, which I wasn't aware of this, and this may be this is what I understood it as was that analysts are not allowed to have direct contact with players. Is apparently, I didn't know that was a thing. I think that's what... See if you can maybe look it up a little bit yeah. and see what they say about the analysts. Because I think that was the alle- the first allegation anyway, which I was very confused on because that kind of seems like a, if anything, a ticky-tack kind of... Should be kind of a slap on the wrist thing or nothing at all. I don't understand why, if you're an analyst, you can't have contact with players so the analyst is the whistleblower here uh, that's that's been a rumor which okay. i don't i don't okay. know if that's the case or not because that's what i thought originally i was like this guy's pissed off and he's going to kind of tell on everyone yeah. but at the same time i was listening to a husker podcast with a former player who said you know if he goes and does that that kind of possibly could mess up his career because if you're known for doing that you know maybe a coach isn't going to want to come bring you on if you're going to be a snitch if things don't go your way so, but, 
if I get this right, the analysts, they're not allowed to talk to the players? That's what I understood it as. We got Trucial looking it up right now. So, so that, I, that kind of confuses me. If it's they're an analyst, what are they doing? They're doing data and stats. Like They're analyzing they, and relaying all their info back yeah, to the coaches. You would think that in like team meetings and stuff, the analysts would be able to talk to the player and say, hey, like on this percentage of third downs, when you're doing this, this is what ha- this is the outcome. Like you think that they would be an asset to the players and the coaches. Yeah. Trisha, did you find something? Yeah. So the official rule allows analysts to speak to assistants and the head coach, but analysts may not have any direct contact. I mean, that's that's what I see this all as: is the media's had fun and the NCAA's had fun hating Nebraska ever since they wanted to play football last year. God forbid, you know, a football team wants to play football. I won't get too far into that, but we'll we'll touch on. So then we get into COVID from last year, right? Again, you hear about this off-field workouts that were illegal that people are saying, oh, well, yeah, it's an unfair advantage. Are you kidding me? I mean, how many teams were organizing off-field workouts <laughs> that were just basically a coach going, hey, like, yeah, we can't practice, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and then going over to their players and being like, hey, go practice at this high school or go do something on your own, you yeah. know? That's, I, I don't believe that Nebraska is the only one doing this. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea how this is getting blown out of proportion it's kind of all up in the air, too, like with COVID. Nobody really understood what the rules were and what's going on. Like, are we going to play? Are we going to not? Like, it's kind of everybody, including the administrative people at the NCAA and the coaches all the way down to the players are like, we really don't understand what the rules are and what they're not. So, of course, they're going to have some practices or, you know, some meetings or something. Like, it's kind of hard to expect the teams not to get together at some sort of level. Right, I totally agree. I mean, it it made no sense to me. Also, just on top of that, I mean, the whole COVID thing was weird. Like you said, there was no real guidelines. I mean, I guess there were rules you had to follow. The waters were muddy. The rules were probably a little bit, you know, unclear at times, I'm sure. Well, and the biggest thing about this is... A lot of people are wondering, oh, is this a way to maybe fire Frost or get him out there, yeah. you know, find a, find a way to fire him with cause and not have to pay his buyout? I don't I don't believe that. I think he still has the support of fans. And it's going to take – I mean, they're going to let him do this whole season. So I wouldn't think if you let a guy yeah. coach an entire season, you can go back to this and <laughs> say, oh, actually, by the way, we're going to fire you for that. Yeah. I just don't see that working out. Although I did see here that um, among these possible NCAA penalties, this the uh, it could include a Frost suspension for unknown number of games. So we could actually see Scott Frost missing some games. How do you think that would affect the uh, kind of start of the season there? No, I did see that. I, I actually kind of forgot about that. That would suck. That would be really rough. And I, I mean, I think it's too. I mean, they would have to come out with a ruling soon because Huskers are playing Saturday, yeah, playing week zero. zero, which we need him for that game. If anything. If they want to suspend him for the Fordham and Buffalo games, I wouldn't be super worried about it, yeah. honestly. I don't know. Those are pretty stout opponents. Yeah. Denzel Washington, Fordham guy. Yeah. People forget. Anyway, the other thing is, hey, I, what do they want to, what does the NCAA want to, you know, sanction on us or what do they want to punish us with? If it's suspend, that would be more 
that would hurt us more than I think uh, something else would. Because my original thought was, okay, hey, yeah, you want to vacate our wins from last season? Cool, we had three. Go yeah. for it. Like that's really going to crush fun. us. I've never really got the vacate wins or like Reggie Bush not being able to get his Heisman or certain things like that. Well, the vacated wins, level. vacated like, wins. It's like okay, I mean, you like, can say we didn't it, win them, but yeah, but we did. We still like, did the yeah, history. That's what I thought was it's the in the history books. They they won, they lost. You know, whatever. Yeah, like, Who was it? It was either oh, it was Ohio State back when Urban first got there. Remember, they couldn't go to a bowl, so they went yeah. like twelve and zero or whatever. But the year before. Or a couple of years before, I think they beat Arkansas in like a Sugar Bowl or a BCS Bowl. Yeah. And basically they took those wins away and it's like, okay, I so it, I guess yeah. Arkansas can say they have a Sugar Bowl now. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. That everyone's yeah. gonna say, Oh, you got a sugar bowl and you're gonna be like, Oh not not really. Yeah. But. Like no, you're not a you're not a real fan if you include a victory like that. So the spin zone is if Scott Frost did get suspended and they lose a couple games while he's gone. He didn't lose those games. Whoever the head coach in his replacement would have lost those games. Uh, that's a good point. You could argue <laughs> spin zone again. You could say it was his fault for missing those games. Yeah. yeah. He sh- just shouldn't have missed those games. But I think I just immediately upon reading this, reading the allegations, I, was, I immediately thought this is just not a big deal. This is going to yeah. blow over. And the media has continued to kind of blow it out of proportion, especially the – local Nebraska media that covers the team, which is annoying to me because they're going for, you know, getting clicks and finding ways to get people to kind of be up in arms over it. And I just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I really don't even see... If they suspend him, yeah, that would suck. I I just don't see it happening. It's already kind of... I feel like I would have heard something else about it since it happened. Especially, I mean, you can't come out and punish us the day before a game, right? No. I I don't think so. I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah. You're right. I just don't think... I think they'd handle it before. It's not going to come down to a last... Uh, or the Nebraska session. Athletic Department would be informed a good time before it yeah. reached you know, national Publicity. media or something. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's too late to really do something that harsh unless they decide to do it later in the season. But then it's kind of like it's too late at that point. So yeah. I... I don't know. It's just kind of a boy who cried wolf situation with that analyst. He's just trying to make some noise and like, dude, you're not even with the team anymore. Like, just shut up. Like, stop trying to screw people over, honestly. If if that's the case, yeah. yeah. If that's what had happened, yeah. Which, I don't know. It's just kind of a jerk move. Like, if you got fired because of whatever and then you're like tattletailing, like, come on. Well, and so it's funny also, I totally forgot to mention this, apparently Michigan... See if you can find uh, recent Michigan allegations. I think Michigan got some allegations for almost the exact same thing, for some kind of analyst in proper contact, and it's nowhere to be seen, really. The only reason I saw that was from Nebraska fans being like, hey, this is happening as well, and no one's talking about it. Yeah, so that's was- the, I think it was them, maybe Kentucky also. Kentucky had some guys commit burglary the other day and it was nowhere to be found. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they had a few players have like an armed robbery or First something. degree burglary, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, Andrew, uh, let's get the list here. Lineman Ruben Adams, running back Robert McLean, cornerback Andrew Phillips, wide receiver Ernest Sanders, safety DeVito Tisdale, and cornerback Joel Williams were all charged with first degree burglary. Well, they got a guy named DeVito in there. That sounds kind of like a, a burglar's name. Yeah, it does. But it it just emphasized the fact for me that 
the national media is yeah, and hating on Nebraska. There's what two or three articles here about Kentucky and Nebraska. The entire page was filled with articles about the allegations. Yeah, exactly. So, Everyone was diving in on it and trying to add their little two cents to it. And I don't really get it because if you've been paying attention, we haven't been that good the past few years. Yeah, I get. I mean, I guess you're pissed off because we wanted to play football last year. But what's what's the point in picking on a on a team that's not even been successful yeah. in a couple of years? I mean, I hope that changes this year, and I think I think it will a little bit. But I mean, it just never. I I never understood it coming off immediately, and like I said, I think it'll. I still think it'll blow over somewhat. I'm not I'm not super concerned about it, but I just had to rant on that yeah. a little bit. So, Will, we're four days away when the listeners hear this from that game, the first week zero game with Nebraska and Illinois. What do you think this kind of news coming out about, oh, hey, you know, there's some allegations and what's going to happen with Coach Frost? Are we going to get, you know, fined or, you know, hammered with some stuff here? Like, do you think this affects how they play on Saturday? I don't think it'll affect how they play. I think for – I think the team's pretty focused on Illinois. And stuff like this, when it gets into allegations and legalities, if it was – something way more intense, just like a, something that could cause much more of a punishment. I think there'd be some cause for concern, you know, but something like this, like we said, at worst, it's frost gets suspended for a couple of games, but I just, I really don't see that happening. And I don't think they see that happening. So I think whenever the NCAA comes into, comes into play on stuff like this, it's more so an athletic department dealing with it. I don't think the players are super worried about it. I think no. they're just ready to go out and oh, play. Yeah. Especially because that's one thing I've noticed with Nebraska this offseason is it's been a quiet offseason. Kind of a the players. Yeah. A lot of leadership on that team. And it's kind of a, instead of, hey, let's talk about it, it's just be quiet. We want to go play football and prove it. We don't need to have a lot of hype around us. We're just ready to go play and win games. So mm. I hope that's that continues. You know, it's a total coach move. And I would think Scott Frost would do it to be like, turn all this negativity into motivation for their first game. Be like, hey, the national media and all these people are trying to get at us for nothing. We did nothing wrong. You know what? We're going to go out and we're going to win this game. We're going to show them what Nebraska football is all about. No, and I I totally agree with that because we did have a couple players uh, post on Instagram, you know, some, some running backs, pictures of them toting the rock or something. And then the captions were just, Nebraska versus everybody, and that's that. That is how they feel after after yeah, last I mean, year with all these fires with, up. with all the people coming out against them to calling them stupid for wanting to play football and everything, and now this coming out and no one believing in them. It really is. I mean, Nebraska is not, motivation. and especially with Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, Nebraska is not trying to make any friends in the Big Ten, which could. I say that, and it could hurt them a little because an interesting stat. Uh, I think it was in the last 15 Nebraska games. I think this was before we played Iowa. Nebraska's opponent didn't have a holding penalty called on them. That's insane. It just, there's no, you're telling me in 15 games, not one team that you played held you? That's pretty unlikely. That's what I'm saying. That. Technically sound. I mean, those teams must have been practicing hard. I don't think so. Maybe it just maybe they didn't need to hold. You guys were that bad. No, we were. We're not. No one's that bad. If I if I went out there on the line and just ran around the edge, someone would accidentally grab my jersey one time. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. But you know, Uh, I'm pretty sure you'd get absolutely manhandled anytime you stepped out on a 
the power five college No, he's got a good frame. I got a good he could, frame. He could get out I don't there. have the speed. The problem is, is I'm pretty slow. But, you know, if I got... I just got to wiggle around. If I got... If I was... Yeah, if a left tackle... If I was playing Demons of End and a left tackle was there, I'd probably be screwed. But probably need to be like an outside backer and just... Just kind of bottle rocket blitz. Just go right around the edge and hopefully no one touches yeah. me. If Tebow can make a comeback, you can. Maybe. <laughs> I got Warriors eligibility. Maybe I should yeah. go check it out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Nebraska, week zero game, like, you think they're going to win? I do. I think they're going to win. I think they have to win. If they don't win this game against Illinois, who may be the worst team in the Big Ten, you're not winning six games, which means I'm not winning money because I put a lot of money on Nebraska's over at six wins. It, oh, was, yeah. it was six flat. If it was six and a half, I would have been a little nervous, but six flat I felt good about. So, oh. And not only do they need to win this game, they need to win by two scores. Yeah. They really do. Statement game. We could see it. Well, it's so exciting just to have college football back, though. Oh, yeah. We're here. Yeah. We've made it. We can uh, run through the week uh, zero schedule here real quick. So we got Nebraska at Illinois, obviously, starting up first. UConn at Fresno State. Hawaii at UCLA. UTEP at New Mexico State and Southern Utah at San Jose State uh, finishing up the day. I'm thinking Nebraska at Illinois is going to be the most hyped up game, but the most electric game to watch is going to be that Hawaii-UCLA game. I think so, too. I mean, Hawaii always has a fun offense to watch. Well, and I'm kind of ready for UCLA to make a little bit of a jump, too. Is, uh, Is it DTR? Do you know what I'm talking about? The UCLA quarterback. I think it's Dorian oh, Thompson-Robinson yep. or something. I think I'm excited for He's. I mean, that dude was an athlete. He was a pretty big recruit coming out, and UCLA has just been so under the radar. You haven't heard a lot out of him. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah. So. That's, that's going to be a good uniform matchup game, UCLA and Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Both have good colors, good uniforms. UCLA just uh, – they actually have Jordan brand uniforms, and they look really cool. So I'm excited to see see what those look like on the field. Well, and Chip Kelly, kind of like Scott Frost, you know. Guys is he still who, there? Is he still there? <sighs> we need to check that. Hey, beginning need, of the season, uh, you got a re- hard reset, as they say. Yeah, still yeah. Chip mm-hmm. Kelly. Still Chip Kelly. Huh. Yeah. Well, so we're so, right. Uh, so, we're right. Yeah, no Chip, worries. Chip Kelly, like Scott Frost, you know, came in to this situation where people expected them to win right away and win big, like have eight or nine wins, like off the bat. And just hasn't been the case for either of them. So he kind of has something to prove, too. And I just have a hard time believing he's not going to get something going eventually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would think. I mean, with all that California talent. Well, the problem is, is I saw um, all these California QBs. Uh, Who is it? C.J. Stroud, I think, is from California at Ohio State. Bryce Young at Bama. Bama. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but uh, D.J. Uyunglele, uh, Uyunglele. That's how you say. Yeah, it. yeah. He, he went to. Uh, He's a Saint John Bosco. Yeah, and he. Yeah, exactly. So, the thing is, is Cal- I mean, California's just been is, down. The Pac-12 so down. Is JT Daniels yeah. a California guy too, or did he just play? At I know USC? he played at USC. I don't know if he's from there. So he's or not. he's California. Yeah. Yeah. But Chip Kelly's record seven and eighteen so far. So not- Scott Frost actually has him on wins yeah. at least. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but record at Oregon. Unreal. Where Scott Frost was his offensive coordinator. There we go. It's all coming together. Gosh, it's going to be so great, though. And I I was thinking about this the other day. Football is such a tease. We get into July, and you're just so ready for it. You get get hard knocks rolling. That first couple episodes, it kind of, you wet your whistle a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Then you get a couple preseason games, and you're like, okay, it's not to ramp it up. It's like it's not real, but it's it's something for me to watch, and I'm enjoying it. My team's out there. I get to kind of see the lower level guys. See who's going to make the team. Ooh, a touchdown! Yeah. Then you get week zero, which usually week zero sucks. Usually a bunch of crappy games. Yeah, and not that we have a ton of great ones, but even just Nebraska, Illinois at noon, being able to have kind of a Big Ten conference game. Gives you something, something that then, means, something. and then enough of a palette kind of in there. You know, UCLA Hawaii is going to be a fun game, and then something yeah. to watch at least at night. It's a wake up call. Yeah. yeah, so you kind of get a little bit. And game day will be on. I didn't. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Game day will be on, and then it's like you get all that. You just get you get. It's like you get the chips and salsa. You get your salad. Then you get a little appetizer. Yeah. Now we we get to go into the full the full big, course meal. Yeah, here big, come the yeah. fajitas. The main course. Yeah. Here come the fajitas, and next. Next Saturday, a week from Saturday, or really Thursday, we'll get the Thursday night games. Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. Are we having Maction week one? I don't know, but usually I love the Thursday night game usually. Usually they have a pretty good matchup. See if mm-hmm. we can find that schedule. But that's what it is, man. We're, we're, we're there. I mean, I feel like we're there already, but the next, I know I'm just going to be, yep. each day the next few days, it's just going to feel super long. So it's all, all of week zero is just on Saturday uh, this weekend, this upcoming weekend. Okay. Can you yeah. see if uh, what the Thursday night game is the next week? Let's see. I'm going to pull it up here. Week one. Yeah, week one. Yeah, Thursday technically that'll game. be week one. Thursday night. Yeah, but the week one is... Oh, what am I we- saying? Uh, I know we have Tennessee and Bowling Green. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Week one, though, is where you really like... Oh, we're like so back yeah. because you have those games like... That's I think so What is it this year? Is it... Alabama versus Miami, like you get those. Oh cool, yeah, that's like, a huge out of, one. Those like three or four big out of conference games and Georgia Clemson. Yeah, those are so much fun. Yeah, you have those. Yeah, so Thursday I know we have Tennessee Bowling Green, and then you have actually UCF Boise State. I think oh, we do have a Former Wednesday night football game for week to kick off week one though. UAB versus Jacksonville State. Oh, so I mean, serious I'll be, FCS. I'll be watching it. Like I that's, mean, that's the thing. Well, I, College football for me, I'm I'm watching games. Once football starts, that's the most beautiful time of the year when you hit. I think it's either I think it's October. You hit a stretch where there's football on every single day through like until Thanksgiving or something. Because you get the you get Monday night football, you get Maction on Tuesday and Wednesday, you get the Thursday and Friday night games. Saturday's college and then Sunday's NFL. Yeah. That's that's my favorite. And time I'm just so excited for full stadiums again. And it looks like we have a ton of games Thursday, on Thursday, there's, actually. Let's see. One, two, three, four ranked teams oh, playing oh, on yeah. Thursday. Wow. Four ranked teams playing on Thursday. Ohio State, Minnesota. Ohio State, Minnesota. That's like, I mean, that's like a that's sneaky, a big like, good game. Oh, that's going to be a big one. And then I'm excited about the uh, Coastal Carolina-Citadel matchup. Oh, really? Yeah, I want Coastal Carolina to beat the brakes off them. I hope they're good. I hope they're really good again this year. I do, too. I love Grayson McCall. I think yeah. he's good. If they have the mullets. We'll see. Um, so we have that. Let's talk a little NFL, what we saw over the weekend. Um, not, I mean, not a ton, you know, it's still preseason, but we got to see some more of the rookie quarterbacks. I, Reese, I said this to you earlier. I'm not changing my, it is preseason, so I'm not changing my tune yet, but Zach Wilson, he's looking, he kind of went off. He's kind of slinging it around and he looks good doing it. He looks yeah. like he knows. He looks like he knows what he's doing, which is saying a lot for a rookie quarterback. I think being able to just go in there and look comfortable, I think, is a big deal. Uh, he had a perfect passer rating. He it, did. Yeah. Here's the uh, stat line: nine for 11, 128 yards, two touchdowns, one hundred fifty four point seven passer rating. Dang. So 
And he's doing that with the Jets. Now it's preseason and whatever, but, you know, that's kind of awesome. I mean, I don't I don't like the Jets really or whatever, but it's it's cool to have a team, just like the Browns like the past few years, a team that has been so bad for so Turn long. Around, when yeah. they're coming back up, it's like, all right, here we go. You know, this is, this is fun. Like, we've got some competition here. And Wilson finally kind of got to let it rip a little bit. Uh, he uh, had a 30-yard pass to uh, former Titan Corey Davis. That's what I kept saying. Corey he loves Davis, Corey yeah. Davis. He, I mean, let's not get this wrong. I mean, Corey Davis is a good receiver. He was good with the Titans. Some fans, he, he thought he kind of let us down. But, I mean, he's still almost a 1,000-yard guy, still 900 yards, you know. I don't think he's a top 100 player like he was ranked, but still one of the better receivers in the league. Along with, even outside of the rookies, uh, Tua, who I'm not a big Tua guy, had a good stat line the other Yeah, night. he did. Threw for about 183 yards, a couple touchdowns. I think he was like 11 for 16 or something like that. Maybe 13 for 18. Pretty damn good stat line. I know. Yeah, you know who didn't have a good stat line? Justin Fields. Yeah, not he, great. he did get clobbered. He got absolutely smacked. He got clobbered. But the, game, you know the, you game, but the game, the game is coming to him slow. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, you got smacked when the helmet and the headband yeah, comes off. Oh, and the headband. When you see, and it head. wasn't even his blind side. Like the guy came like oh, right, right in his, right his face. face. Well, it was kind of that. No pause. It was kind of that. <laughs> jeez. It was kind of that. Uh, you know, you're looking downfield, and he's coming. It's just not quite in your peripherals all the way. You know. So, but yeah, no, he got absolutely smacked. Yeah. I mean, he still he had some good plays still. I mean, he's fine. He is on the Bears. And not to be the the homer here, but why don't we talk about two former volunteer receivers, Josh Palmer and Marquez Callaway, both having incredible yeah. weekends. And I, we were talking about this before. Tennessee literally did everything they could to make sure that Josh Palmer and Marquez Callaway did not have a future in football by putting Jarek Garantano at QB. Yeah. And yet here they are. Thank God the scouts were basically looked at Josh Palmer and said, "Wow, had, well, he's actually really good. We know he's so good, and he had a terrible." I was showing yeah, you, we're going to get him as a steal in third yeah. round. I was showing you that uh, Pro Football Focus uh, tweet. They were listed. They were grading out all of the uh, Pac-12 and had Washington State. Their biggest weakness was the possibility of Jarrett Garantano starting. That was, <laughs> that was listed that's, as that big, says a lot as their largest weakness. So. That says enough about the chances of Josh Palmer, Marcus Calloway. Yeah, it'll be cool to see at Tennessee. So, Josh Palmer when the regular season starts, and Justin Herbert, who is awesome, I think. I love Justin. Herbert. Yeah, he's my favorite guy in the draft. If Justin year. Herbert and Josh Palmer can like build a little bit of, you know, yeah. rapport with each other, they that I mean, he they've already got Keenan two. Allen and the have, guy Mike Williams. But yeah, like, I was gonna say you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer. You get a little. You could beat out Mike. I feel like Josh Palmer could beat out Mike Williams. I don't. Think well, he might. Good. I'm just saying. Regardless, so those yeah, have awesome. good. He's have got good. some weapons. The Chargers are gonna be good. I think they're good. Gonna be good. Fun to watch. Yeah, great. Well, they, Herbert kind of showed that last year. He showed he could score some points. Oh yeah. And put oh up. yeah. I, I, I had him in fantasy. Oh, I. He I had a good know. year. I don't know what the whole thing was. I guess it was just all the Joe Burrow and like Tua hype, but Justin Herbert, he might end up being the best quarterback taken from that class. I think he will. That was yeah. my he was my favorite guy in the draft. He's huge. I remember watching him at Oregon. I think it was his sophomore year. He was good. And just being like, this guy's good. And dude, when Oregon, uh, his senior year, 
Didn't they win the Pac-12 championship in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, they won the Rose Bowl, and they came on just like a little too late. I think they lost... Well, this is when they lost to Auburn that first game of the season. Oh, that's yeah. right. If they wouldn't have played, right. if they wouldn't have played that game, they would have been in the playoffs. And let me tell you, Oregon was playing as good as anyone at the yeah. end of the year that year. I mean, that Rose Bowl, Herbert, they looked like just a flawless team the way they were playing, and yeah. I hated it because I would, I would have loved to have seen them in the playoff. Yeah, and I that's, I want the Pac-12 to be back like that. I do too. We need some Pac-12 like powerhouses to start make a comeback and like. Well, with the alliance, I mean, it, the Pac-12 could be back. I mean, it could it yeah, could push true. the ratings. Yeah, and we had we had a little talk of that over the weekend. So the what it looks like is there may be some rumblings of ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12 alliance, and let's get this straight: alliance and conference are not the same. Yeah, thing. very different. Because alliance is a lot easier to leave than a conference is, yeah. so that's one thing to think about. Um, but I, I would enjoy seeing it if you're not going to do conference expansions and stuff. If you're going to leave it at this, I would love to see the alliance to kind of bring in some of these. You know, you have some of these non-conference type rivalries. As a Nebraska fan, I think of Nebraska, Miami. Nebraska, Colorado, you know, kind of that old Big 12 yeah. rivalry coming back. But then even getting to see USC and Ohio State play. It just gives you a chance at more games. And it, it helped those rivalries. And so. I think for the Pac-12 specifically, that could help a lot. I think that's what they're kind oh, yeah. of missing. They need some exposure they're outside kind of, so, of the West Coast. They're kind of so on the outside a little bit, yeah. If they kind of pulled in some of those big games and got more recruits in, I think they'd kind of come back. Because yeah. like you said, who, no, I, who, I want to see the Pac-12 come yeah. back. Who wouldn't want to watch an Oregon versus an Ohio State? Yeah. Or shoot, I mean, Michigan and... USC. Or or UCLA. Or, yeah, I mean, teams that aren't even that good but are just big names. I yeah. want to see I want to see it. They're, see a play. I mean, interesting games. This, I mean, it's all just trying to combat the SEC. SEC has all the cards, and I don't blame them for trying to take some of them so and no yeah well and i got i got pissed off because Feinbaum, who i'm not a he was fan talking of, i was reading that he came out and tried to say that it was embarrassing for yeah. all these conferences to come try in to try to combat it. the sec yeah, yeah. and to me i was just thinking it's i mean it's about what the are you money. gonna it's do about it's the a, tv deals yeah it's, like, about it's the all money. about the and money i think what's more embarrassing is the SEC trying to keep it secret that they're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas and hide it from everyone because they don't want everyone to find out about it. Yeah. You know, and not that, I mean, yeah, SEC is the best conference, cool, whatever. But I'm just so sick. Feinbaum loves to do that. He loves to try and make fun of other conferences because yeah. it's not the SEC. It's not well, Almighty or whatever. Like oh He does it yeah. because the SEC people love it. No, exactly. That is yeah. True. No, yeah, I get it. And which he, he which I am, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I think the alliance is great. I mean, obviously, it's kind of we'll see what happens. But it's, it's in weird the to yeah. have like conferences maybe disbanding or like some of the rivalries will be messed up. You know, twenty twenty five comes, no Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like that kind of stuff sucks because the rivalries in the conferences that are here now, like those are some of the greatest things. And it's weird to see if like those get messed up. But I also really like parity in sports, so. When, you know, a West Coast team like Oregon can go up to bat with Alabama and, you know, it's a good game. Like, that's what makes it great. Well, and I said last week on our show, I I originally was not a fan of kind of the Oklahoma and Texas moving and everything changing so much. And I'm still not. But at this point, it's happening. So 
Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of dealing with inevitable. it, and I'm looking at the positives, and there are a lot of positives that come out of it. I think, like you said, getting to see kind of all these different teams get to play each other I think would be awesome. Bring in a ton of money, you okay. know, definitely. Um, yeah, got to usher in the new era. Definitely. Well, here, let's take a break right here, and when we come back, we'll talk a little more NFL, talk Titans, and finish off the show. Do you want to advertise on Paydirt Sports? If so, be sure to message us on Twitter at Paydirt underscore sports or on Instagram, Paydirt Sports, one word, or go on to our website, paydirtsports.blog, and go to the Contact Us section and send us a message. Thanks. All right, welcome back into Paydirt Sports. Guys, we got a little bit of preseason to finish up on. Who's back in the NFL preseason? Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben New and improved man and football player. He had a great weekend. I heard he was kind of back. I did. I, I didn't. I didn't get to watch him, but I did hear he was slinging it around. A well, little let me tell bit. you this: Big Ben, eight for ten, one hundred thirty-seven yards, two touchdowns. Can't complain about that. That's no. a Super Bowl stat line right there. No, in the preseason. But yeah, it's kind of. I mean, Big Ben was coming off injury last year, and it was kind of. The Steelers were apparently the best team in the history of the world when they were eleven and zero. Yeah, and then they turned Crumbled. out to be the worst eleven and zero team ever in history. So, and it was kind of sad because like we're kind of missing out on the uh, the old guard of those quarterbacks, like Peyton and Eli are retiring, or they are they are retired. Drew Brees is retired. Tom Brady's like, and Big Ben are the last of those guys that we grew up with. So yeah. to see Big Ben kind of fall off like that was sad, but. Now he's back. He's back. He's he's on a diet. Really? And he's he's back. apparently he's on a Brady diet. And apparently, and apparently it's, it's even more stricter strict than, Brady's. than Tom Brady's diet. So <sighs> we'll see. I mean, he's got call not, him call Najee. him Slim Ben. Yeah, Slim Ben. Slim Ben. He's got Najee Harris now, which I I think he's awesome. And then you know, yeah, he's got the Chase Claypool. I was gonna say they just continue Juju to kind of, man. They just continue to get the right like TikTok young guys boy. for weapons yeah, for him. They yeah. do. But I don't know about their offensive line. Anyways, Big Ben's back. And who is staying at the top this week? The Baltimore Ravens. They still have not lost a preseason Hard game. Since, I, like, I, think the number, preseason. I think the number is like 19 Nin- and yeah, 0. 19 now. Because we were talking about it uh, last week and uh, he was 18 and 0. So yeah, 19 and 0 now. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I just I got to see it keep going. I thought we might jinx it last week. I thought it, yeah. everyone talking about it a mm-hmm, week ago, mm-hmm. I thought my jinx it. Nope. nope. Just keep it going. Just, and you know what? I, I was just looking at the scores here. It's Preseason always comes out with some weird final scores. Like, here, here's here's an odd one for you. Um, 49ers 15, Chargers 10. Hmm. Colts 12, Vikings 10. You get a lot of safeties in the preseason, I feel like. And yeah, a lot get, of missed it's a lot extra of points turnovers, and, field goals. Yeah, missed extra points yeah. and shaking the rust off. Definitely a lot of safeties, though. Definitely, I agree with that. Also, one thing I was thinking about: um, Are you guys excited to see Joe Burrow come back this season? Yeah, because I think Joe. I, oh yeah, awesome. I like Joe Burrow, and I was we, sad when he got injured because he was really like starting I mean, to get into it. Even though the Bengals were a bad team, they beat the damn Titans. You know, no, I think he's good. And uh, going back to what we said a second ago, my thing was in that draft. I just was so high on Justin Herbert that I wasn't. I was kind of comparing the two, but I still think Joe Burrow's really good. Oh yeah, and again, he's on a terrible team. 
And that was the only thing. I did see Jamar Chase dropping some balls the yeah, other day. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. looking too good. Dude. But, I mean, I mean, Burrow, we're looking up his stats earlier today um, in college, and it just reminds you of how insane he was. He threw 60 touchdowns to six year. interceptions. Yep. That's f- averaging four, t- four passing touchdowns a game. Averaging ten touchdowns for every interception. I mean, yeah, that's unreal. So, I mean, that team all around was just insane. Picked apart the Titans last year. I mean, he sliced and diced. It was ugly. That sucked. That game. Yeah, it was was so. That was a painful game. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Joe Burrow. Um, Gosh, there was something else that I wanted to talk about with preseason, but it's slipping my mind. Anyway, want to go go into the quarterbacks? So. Let's do predictions for the five, like you know, quarterback battles in the preseason. So here we go. Who do you think is going to start Week One? Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I really, I haven't watched enough. Is it a pretty big battle right at the moment? I don't know. I, I feel like John Elway is just in love with Drew Locke. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, if and that's who. I mean, obviously, you just said that, but uh, I would. I would think Drew Locke. That's your. That's your young guy. I think you bring in Teddy if Drew Locke kind of starts to crumble. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think Drew Locke is at the point where you need to put a veteran in and then let him go in. I think he's at the point where he's already got a couple he, seasons he, under he his like, belt. Yeah, he's good enough to where he's at the point like, okay, get out there, prove it. He's the starter, and you basically let him lose the job if he's mm-hmm. going to lose it. Yeah. And then you tank and rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't work. What but do I think? do. I mean, I, I like Drew Luck. I still I still kind of have hope for him. He's still young. Like we said, he's still a rookie. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But I, I really do. I mean, he's got the arm talent. It's just decision-making and kind of hauling it in a little bit, getting a little more accurate. But I I think he could still be pretty good. Yeah, I think Drew Locke will start. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm going to echo you guys here. I think he's going to start. I think at this point we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. And plus with the injuries that he's had, I feel like he's not the same. Court. His rookie year, he was pretty good. And I, I mean, I he had those, first... those Vikings teams, like he had him, what, win 11 games? Or something yeah. like that. I mean, they were good. They had a good offense, and he was yeah. a legitimately but good option. He had some injuries, and just I, I don't think it's there anymore. So I think you stick with Locke, and then just kind of see where that pans out, and rely on your defense because I think Denver is going to have a pretty good defense this year. Yeah, he got that big yeah, injury and was kind of never the same. Yeah, because yeah. I remember he came back and it was a really big deal. The whole Viking Stadium gave him like a standing ovation and everything. Yeah, he so, was yeah. Pro Bowl in 2015. I mean, he was good. He yeah. also wears a non-throwing hand glove. So that's just kind two of gloves. never a good. Is he wearing double glove? He was always Teddy two gloves when he was at Louisville. Teddy oh. two gloves. Yeah. Well, okay. Two gloves is worse than one. So just not. A I kind of like it. Well, if you own it, I mean, if you own it. But lock across thing. the board seems yeah. seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Straight lock. All right, Trey Lance and Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's gonna hold his spot. I mean, they got they spent so much to get him and like. I think they're really going to be like, all right, Jimmy, here's here's your chance, buddy. Like, get out there. We've got a pretty good roster around you. And if you don't do good, our number five draft pick is right behind you. Yeah. I exactly. think he was number five, yeah. No, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, Jimmy G is the vet. I mean, you let the veteran in that situation 
Yeah, you kind of let the vet. And Jimmy G has proven to be a solid. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. I mean, he's proven he can play and be effective at quarterback. But I do see Trey Lance coming in there eventually and yeah. taking that spot. I think it'll be this year, but I think it'll be this year too. Jimmy G's bound to get injured again. Yeah, that's what it'll be. If I he, think... but if he, let's say he doesn't get injured, which I think he will. But if he doesn't get injured. We're not. And we will clarify. We're not wishing injury on Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no. we do not do that. No, no but I, I don't know. I G, if I think Jimmy G, if he's not lights out, I think he loses the yeah. spot. Also, no, I think it, it. I think people want Trey Lance in there anyway. Yeah. So, no, I think um, I think I don't know if quite to the same effect, but V VY coming in. Eight straight wins. I don't think that Forty ers are going to be that bad, like. It, but I think Jimmy G is just going to be not that great. They end up starting the season okay. Trey Lance comes in mid midway through the season. They rip off eight straight wins, go to the playoffs, start making some noise. That would be kind of sick. I like the Forty ers so if that happened, I wouldn't be mad. No. All right, and here's what I was trying to talk about. We've got the game on on our TV here. But Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? I know I said that I thought Taysom was going to be the starter week one. And I might have to eat my words. You know, they paid him all that money. And, like, yeah. you know, Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. Like, why would they keep him around? And I know all that contract money wasn't guaranteed. But, like, why would they keep him around when they have Jameis Winston, who quite possibly might be in the Hall of Fame after the incredible 5,000-yard 30 touchdown, 30 interception season a couple of years ago. But, I mean, week one, since Jameis has gone off in this week two preseason game, I think it's showing me that he will probably be the starter. Well, and I honestly didn't even know this was a discussion until a couple of weeks ago when people were talking about it more. I just assumed Jameis was going to be the quarterback and Taysom was going to keep doing what Taysom was doing. But you were right. I mean, Sean Payton does love Taysom Hill, and enough people – we're giving it enough hype that I was like, okay, this is a real quarterback battle. But my thing is, you know, if you start Taysom, you then eliminate the usage of him as yes, kind of the Swiss Army the utility knife. guy. That's yeah, good point. So you need Jameis in there. First of all, I think Jameis is a better passer. I mean, I, I, I've seen Taysom Hill make throws. I mean, he is a quarterback. He can make some yeah, throws. Yeah, but he's not lasering crazy passes. even even Jameis as erratic sometimes as he is with all the picks and everything he's still a points. better thrower of the ball yeah. I yeah. mean he can throw the ball his eyes are fixed now too yeah yeah but I think you start Jameis and Taysom Hill keeps doing what Taysom Hill does and comes in like a wildcat quarterback or as a h-back special teams guy yeah exactly I think I think that's what you do and I think I think the Saints will still I can still see the Saints being pretty solid I can yeah. I can see that offense working we've got a good defense I'll be interested to see how how well Jameis does this year I could see him making a big jump with Sean Payton honestly oh yeah who who do we have next on the list uh, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields I'm we know I, your, I know what we know I, your answer I know no well it's not even that it's not even as much of that like I think Justin Fields should be the starter, but they gave Andy Dalton ten million dollars in this offseason and he's a veteran. Like it's kind of the same thing with, you know, Trey Lance or Jimmy G. Like if you've got a vet, like put him in there, let Andy Dalton start, 
And if he sputters and he's terrible, just go ahead and throw the rookie in, start building halfway through the season. I mean, it would it would be weird to put Justin Fields in at the beginning and then he kind of stinks and then like six games in the season. Okay, well, we have Andy Dalton in our back pocket. Get out there. No, that's true. I agree with that. But also, I think Nagy, Matt Nagy came out and when they got Andy Dalton, basically said, hey, you're going to come here and start. So he's going to give him that opportunity yeah. off the bat. Because, well, I mean, you're not going to be good anyway, I don't no. think. Unless Justin Fields is just lights out. But I still don't see the Bears being that great. So, I mean, let, yeah, let Andy Dal- Dalton start a couple games. You know, maybe. I mean, that, that's the thing. He could come out and do all right and win a few yeah. games and they might have a good record. And then it might kind of elongate the process. But I think if anything, you're not going to – even if Justin Fields sits for half the season or more. I don't know. I don't think that's going to really hurt him. No, that was just wasn't sitting there and no. yeah. still learning no, the offense and everything, getting used to being a professional. He will be the starter at some point, but yeah, I would say week one, Andy Dalton, and I would say probably for a few weeks, probably unless he just plays awful, I could see them just keeping him in there. I don't know. I feel like Andy Dalton could be kind of set up here for a Case Keenum with the Vikings here. You remember that? Uh, oh yeah, year that was they an won, awesome year. They, yeah, the one uh, went to the NFC Championship. Well, was that was that the year that uh, the Minnesota Stephon Miracle? Yeah. yeah, 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 against the Saints, wasn't it? So I think it was. Dalton could be that guy to manage the game. They rely on the defense. They've got good. Enough, they've got some playmakers on the offense. They've got a better running back core um, this year. I don't know. I feel like Dalton could kind of put things together a little bit, take away the uncertainty that Trubisky uh, gave the Bears, and make some noise. So my my pick is definitely Dalton. Well, that's funny you say that about Trubisky, too. See, I think it's not Trubisky. I think it's the Bears. I don't think Trubisky Uh, I was going to say, it looked like in that preseason game especially, Trubisky looks like he is a good enough guy to start on some NFL teams. And to me, is Andy Dalton right now better than Mitch Trubisky right now? And I would say no. That's true. So I think that's interesting. When you could have probably held on to Mitch... And just brought in Fields and basically had a competition, but then that's a whole that's a whole other situation. Yeah. Andy Dalton is at least more of a hey, you're gonna come in here and play some games, but here's our quarterback of the future. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a different dynamic having, I guess, kind of two young guys. But but I did think about that when I saw Trubisky lighten it up a little bit for the Bills, you know, and because he'll sit there and be the backup for Allen and yeah. Then he'll go. He'll go start somewhere else. I think. And we'll see. I, yeah, I saw that some with him with the Bears. There were times where I really liked what I saw out of him. Looked like he was a pretty athletic guy and made good plays. Some mental errors, obviously. Yeah, There's definitely. a lot of Mitch Trubisky memes of him just there being <laughs> a wide open field and him yeah. not doing anything with it. But I think he'll be all right. Even though that's off topic, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, you kind of have a revolving door for quarterbacks in Chicago recently, so. I mean, you had Mike Glennon, longest neck ever. You have Cutler you know, was there for a decent while. Jay though. Cutler, you know. Now you got Foles, Dalton Fields and they Foles had Nick Foles. Foles, yeah. Foles started he's still, no, Nick, no, Foles I mean, is there. Oh, he's Nick still Foles there? could possibly be the yeah, starter. He could. What do you? What do you, I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. This will be a test for the management and the coaches of the Bears because I don't think Mitch Trubisky was the problem. I think Matt Nagy and. Uh, the GM are kind of doing a bad job, but what do I know? And last but not least, Cam Newton or Mac Jones? 
I know what I think, but I want to hear what you guys think. I got Cam Newton. Yeah, I think pretty straight off the bat, Cam Newton. Uh, I think he's finally looking to be a little bit healthier. I mean, his shoulder's always kind of been screwed up. He's The the Patriots also had the most COVID op, opt-outs last year, and I think the Patriots could be back. They're going to have their defense fully back, and when you have a good defense that good, puts you in good field position, makes the game easier, I think Cam is going to make some plays with his uh, legs, be able to throw a little bit better. I think he's the starter week one. Speaking of COVID opt-outs, Cam Newton is on the five-day COVID list. So is that a setback for him, especially after Mac Jones is having arguably the second-best preseason behind Zach Wilson? Mac Jones is having a good good, uh, preseason, but I think most likely Newton will have everything cleared up by then. I would be shocked if... Regardless of how the rest of the preseason goes, I would be shocked if Cam Newton wasn't starting week one. And I'll go ahead and put out a little hot take. I think Cam Newton is going to have a great year this year. I think as I long as, as long as he stays healthy, I expect a big year from Cam Newton. I just I do. I mean, Cam Newton. We forget. I mean, after kind of last year not having a great year, the guy is an MVP. I know he's a little older, but he's still. He's not like he's super not that old. He's still super athletic. Can still yeah. Sling he's a it. freak. He's he's, he's he a is. freak. Yeah, they call him Superman for a reason. Yeah, I still I expect him to have a big year. And kind of now that kind of everything is settled in New England, COVID's not as big of a deal. I mean, there's probably going to be some weird stuff still, but not like last year. You're not going to have a ton of guys opting out. He's going to have a full team. He's going to be ready. I I see him as long as he stays healthy, and I hope he does. Really coming back to kind of that prime cam that we've grown to know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing. Like, leave the vet in there, and if he stinks, pull him. I, that's what I think. I mean, I think Mac, Mac Jones. Jones is definitely the future. I don't think it's Cam Newton. I mean, I if Cam Newton goes off, sure, that'll be cool to watch. But I don't. I mean, I hot take on your part, but no, I'd say I, I'm starting to. That's Cam, not a hot take. I Cam don't think is, too many people are too big on Cam. So, I, yeah, I don't know if that I think would be Cam's too crazy washed, on you. But, but I mean, we'll just have to see. Well, and here's the thing, too. Mac Jones could still, if if Cam does well, like you say, he's not the QB of the future, or maybe he won't be. I mean, I don't think he has that many years left in him to no. be that. Yeah. So, theoretically, I could see him playing a couple more years with them. And then by the time he's done in New England, Mac Jones just takes over. I don't think he'll necessarily like take the job from him. I don't. Th- I think it'll be kind of as Cam leaves, Mac goes in. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is Cam's last stop, unless he does have some sort of immaculate season. But I, if he doesn't do well this year, I don't think anybody's really going to go nuts next off season. Be like, oh hey, we want Cam as our number two. He's an older guy, like no. kind of injury prone. So they it's make or break for Cam right now. Well, and I think he's a different as as big as he is and strong and everything. He plays a different type of football that a lot of quarterbacks play. And he gets his hit, his body's a taken lot. a bigger beating. So I could see that that knocks a few years off you. So yeah, unless he wants to sit around and kind of be a backup for a few years, I see him. Yeah, like you said, this being maybe his last stop. Yeah, unless either unless maybe pride kicks in and he thinks he's still got it in him. But I could see him, once he's kind of done being the starter, riding off into the sunset a little bit. Which is so crazy to think about. Yeah. Because he is. I mean, he'll be 
you know, mid-30s or whatever, which yeah. is normal. But we're so used to now seeing these guys. I mean, we talked about Big Ben. Big Ben's been playing in the NFL since I was a kid. I mean, know? Tom Brady's still listed in the top 100 by the NFL. Yeah, he's exactly. What, 44? He's top 10 or 43? In the top 100. Yeah. He's been playing for 20 years. He's been playing since we were toddlers, you know. That's insane. No, it is. It is. A lot of 43-year-old men can't even pick up a football. That's how tired they are at that yeah. point in their lives. It's pretty insane Tom uh, is able to do it. Yeah. Let's finish off the show. Let's talk. Let's finish it off with a little hometown bias. We'll talk Titans. Boys, what would you see out of the preseason game? What would you like? What would you not like? Honestly, wasn't a whole lot not to like. Uh, yeah, we yeah. beat the defending world champs 34-3. And I don't even think they got the ball into the red zone. That's no, a thing. We, we, Our nobody defense scored a touchdown on us this year. Out. No one scored a touchdown. And so I, I don't care if it's backups, whatever. I heard this uh, from someone else. But this team is, and it's top to bottom. And this is what you want to see when you have a championship-type team, a winning team, a team with great culture. You want to see it from top to bottom. This team seems like they have a chip on their shoulder. And they're they're out for blood. They're out to win it all this year. I don't care if it is these second and third string guys. That says even more to me about yeah. the yeah. team when I see it coming How out of them. How deep we are. Our backups are better than yours. Then imagine what the starters can do. Yeah, to just come out and, like we said, I mean, no one scored a touchdown. To just come out and dominate. If they even got in our red zone. I mean, yeah. that's I don't even insane. think they did. Yeah. And speaking of the defense, one guy I really wanted to point out here is Elijah Molden. Oh, yeah. QB, or cornerback, excuse me. Um, two pressures in a sack. One forced fumble, four stops with a pass breakup, with only twenty three yards allowed. I mean, he balled out. Yeah, our second and our secondary needed a lot of help. Yeah, he slipped under uh, yeah, a little bear line. crawl. Yeah. That's yeah, why, that hey, kids, gritty. if you're if you're listening out there, that's why you're doing the bear crawls after yeah. practice, oh, right yeah. there. Slip right under the block, dude. That was awesome. And someone compared. Uh, there was a tweet that said Elijah Molden maybe the next Cortland Finnegan, and he is that type of player. He reminds me a lot like he him. is. I mean, just a scrappy kind of DB, yeah. you know, gonna gonna be a good cover guy, but be that guy you can call in on a blitz, make tackles, make big hits, and just you know, not afraid to get his hands dirty. Yeah, makes him Jamal there. Adams type of plays. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. And, and I saw Cortland Finnegan today. He looks like he'd still play. Yeah. Oh, shout I believe out, it. Shout I gave, out to Cortland. I Finnegan. gave him a tighten up. He was a fan, so cool. But yeah, no, Elijah Molden's awesome. Yeah, he looked good. And you he know, did, and. Uh, David Long continues to impress yep, me. Yep, he's gonna. I, yep. I think he's gonna continue to. He's gonna be a third down linebacker with Jay on out there. I think Rashawn Evans is gonna be that first and second down, like plug up the running holes, and then third down passing down. It's they're gonna put David Long out there. I think so. Yeah, I could see that happening. And I thought uh, Des Fitzpatrick finally did Got something. He had a touchdown. I think Kenzie still looked better. And uh, I, I still don't love Fitzpatrick's chances of making the team, but well, he at least I, finally did something. I think now that did enough for him, just catching a touchdown. Which, yeah, I I think Dez is still one of the worst receivers on the roster right now. But I think just the fact that you drafted him with a fourth round pick and that he finally did something, I think that's going to get him a spot on the team. And I yeah. hate it for a guy like Mason Kinsey because I think he's going to be left off. I think Kinsey's being. I'm, I'm flip flopping you on my take there, but. Uh, We'll just have to find out. I mean, out I hope he season. does. Yeah. I think Kinsey has outperformed him. I'm just saying. I no, think he definitely has. I think it may just be like Maybe not the potential right. potential-wise. Well, wise. not even that. I think it just might not be the right team, the right spot. I think he's good enough to be an NFL receiver somewhere yeah. and make a 53-man roster. 
but him or like we talked about before, a guy like Cam Batson. I mean, might not. Yeah, make he's it. Uh, Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson know, have looked we, so good. That's the thing. We know you have Julio, AJ, Josh, Chester, Marcus. I mean, that's five, five. right off the bat. They're all locked, and you're probably keeping seven. Yeah, probably. So there's that. You got Westbrook, Akini. You got. So he's. Dez, I think. I think he's probably a lot too. Yeah. I mean, Racy McMath. I think. Yeah, I think you probably have Westbrook Akini. I there think you do to make six. I think you got three guys from four fighting and for that seventh. Keep spot. in mind, some of these guys will stay on the practice squad, though. So well, no, not, no, they will. Well, it's not like they'll be gone forever. And right. what it comes down to, I think, when the coaches are doing these cuts or Mike Vrabel, which one of these guys can be, you know, you know, the seventh receiver or whatever, but. How can they make an impact on special teams? Yeah, because while I guess to your point, Kinsey might be a better receiver, but let's say on special teams, Cam Batson is better. So you got to end up keeping Batson because yeah, exactly. Kinsey isn't going to make enough of a splash at the receiver position and doesn't help enough at the special teams position. Some kind of cut like that could happen. Well, that's where I kind of feel like, and I haven't even seen McMath a lot on uh, special. He I haven't paid attention to him. He didn't him even lot. play an offensive snap this game. I just think, I mean, that dude just, I mean, he's just like a big receiver. He looks like he would be great on kickoff or something, yeah, but I yeah. don't, I, I have no, nothing to back that up with. Um, who else were we talking about? So, yeah, you have the seventh spot basically up to uh, Racy McMath, Des Fitzpatrick, Kinsey, Batson. Are we missing anyone? And I think that's pretty much it. Well, and it's also... I mean, here's the thing, too. Cody Hollister. Whoever makes... Whoever ends up being on the practice squad... People forget, I mean, Khalif, you, Khalif Raymond was on the practice squad and then gets called up and ends, yeah. ends up really contributing yeah. for us. So, just because some of these guys won't make the 53-man right away, think about it. That's You get seven guys... I mean, that's this, a lot of guys that can get having this conversation. So you need to, right yeah, now. it's very good because you know you have guys on the practice squad that if you need to call them up, you have depth and you'll be all right. So that that brings me a little hope, yeah, well, for sure. And coaches, you know, within the division and across the league, they talk to each other like, "Hey, I've got this guy. I I don't have enough room for him, but you might want this type of player." So like, if they don't make the Titans, they could always bounce to somebody else like that. Yeah. Totally. And I mean. We'll see what happens, and it's it's always good to have depth because we all know every, there's injuries every single year oh for God. every team. We know everybody fights through injuries. Everybody has to deal with it, so it, it can't be a bad thing to have this much depth mm-hmm. um, and have some guys on the practice squad that can be called up and make some noise. Yeah, and it was also really good to see Caleb Farley, the first-round draft pick, on the field. I don't think he really did much. He hasn't played football He's in two years, but He's, it's good to see him yeah. out there. So yeah, I think that's a really big positive, sure. regardless of if he played well or not. Because apparently all the media from watching training camp and the and the games, like they just say he is a different kind of cornerback. He's huge, he's fast, and that's that's exciting. I mean he could be the seal of the draft. That's what it's been yeah. the whole thing. And so many Kinda scouts like said he could have been the a best. Couple years ago. Yeah. So many scouts were like, This guy could be the best cornerback in a while in yeah. the draft. It's just the injury thing, and as long as we stay all right on that, we might have struck gold. Another storyline I liked. Uh, so, as y'all know, I've, I've been uh, I do some producing for the ESPN radio affiliate here in Nashville, and one of the topics this morning, after we discussed last week how so many people in the media were 
trying to act like, oh, Matt Barkley yep, doesn't have a was, shot. That's oh, yeah. Exactly uh, it looks like we might have a little battle for QB. Yeah. yeah. Had look sharp finishing 12 of 16, 115 yards, and two tuds. Uh, I looked it up also. Matt Barkley is uh, sixth in the league right now and ranking as a passer in the NFL. Through two preseason games. Oh, in the pre... Okay, yeah. that was very... Well, it's passer right. rating. He has a yeah. 130, so... I mean... So, yeah, that's big news. And I've I, just been... And I, th- I think either one. I think either one can side still... Winning. He went 7 for 8 and had a touchdown. He so. still looks good. For some reason, I, I just kind of like... I don't know, maybe... I just well, see the, Barkley. The name kinda, Matt Barkley just sounds better. USC, be, yeah, it just it's just better you know, to have him b- on the blonde, times. I agree. Big blonde, like pretty boy kinda, like perfect. I mean fourteen well, what, is a good quarterback number. It really yeah, complimenting. It really is. Well. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But he I, I like seeing him, him no, I, I, I like seeing him air it out too. Like he yeah. just looks yeah, like he when, can. And Woodside's he, been a little more conservative He's a little more conservative. Woodside I think is a little better thrown on the run, maybe. But Barkley I just can air well, out. I see him do it more. I yeah. shouldn't say he's better at it. I just see him do it more. He's kind of throwing those, you know, kind of uh, corner corner routes to Ferkser or something. I mean, I feel confident in either one being yeah. able to come in and win a game for you. If Tannehill was yeah. out for two games, but yeah. Barkley, I think, is better in game. He's like, I feel like Barkley is a guy that is going to have a little bit more experience. He's seen more games in the NFL. He's a guy who I'd be more comfortable with coming in. Managing the game, let the defense do what they do, let Henry do what he does. So I agree. I yeah. think either of them are like somewhat of a threat. Like you can't just key on Henry. I mean, you will, but yeah. I don't think they're just a non-threat when no. they go in the game to you know throw on throw in deep on you, or throw a few slants or something. I I it would be awesome if you know Matt Barkley is the number two. I think he's good, but I'm kind of sad like. If Woodside doesn't make it, I'm a little emotionally attached to him because he's been the guy for you know a couple of years. Yeah, he'll still around. be there though, will he not? I mean, he'll still stick around on the team. The PS practice squad. Well, we, they keep three quarterbacks sometimes. Do they keep three on the active? It depends. Yeah, I know some, some I teams like they, do, some uh, teams don't. I guess we'll see how it shakes we'll out. But it is cool to have, like we said from the beginning of Titans talk. It's awesome to have battles with the backups. We're yes. not even worried about the starters right now. No. And to see a team who's like playing really well, like fundamentally, and the coaches are making good calls and beating other preseason, you know, backups and that kind of stuff, it's awesome to see for the Titans. And when I don't know if the, the starters will play next week or not, but when week one rolls around and you see Bud Dupree, AJ Brown, King Henry, they all roll out on the field, oh it's gonna be sick. I mean, there is one position, though, that I wanted to talk about. The The starting spot isn't really locked down. Kicker. But it's what? been good, though. No, it Both it, kickers it, have been well, good. Ficken hit three of three, has been three of three this preseason with a 58-yarder, and it really all comes from all-pro long snapper Morgan Cox, in my opinion. His BFL. snaps have been on point. On yeah. point. I think that, that, that's that been the problem, kicking. I mean, there's, there's a reason our kickers haven't missed this preseason. It's Morgan Cox. It's not, Bre- it's not Brett Kern holding. It's not him. No. But I don't want to burst your bubble, but they uh, they waved the other guy today. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Well, but so, so we're going thick in, I guess. Is that what that means? Yeah, Tucker McCann got waved because he was injured. So, right. hey, oh, that's right. right. That's so, right. hey, we got a kicker. <laughs> Just that's, good news. that's good news. I mean, he hasn't. I haven't seen him miss one yet, I guess. No, so. I haven't either. 58-yarder. 
Well, indoors, but no, it was outdoors. Nah, whatever, man. Oh, it was yeah, outdoors. Fifty eight yards. Awesome. Either way, fifty eight. I'll I'd take love that. to see it. As long as you can kick a fifty yarder, that's all you really need. And make extra points, which are not always a given in these no. days. Well, and uh, we're forgetting that since 2019, the Titans have the most touchdowns out of any team in the NFL. So yeah. what are we Best even, offense what are we even worried about? Best That's offense true. in the NFL. I mean, it's yeah, we have been. Stats. We Pe- score touchdowns. People, people don't, they, they forget, but we, we've been the best. Guys, I'm, I'm excited. Um, football is really back. Oh, it's it's so really back. back. Well, yeah. actually, is it really back? It's back. It's back. But it's going to be really, <laughs> really back next week. But hey, we got real college football this weekend. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm gonna wake up early, crush a workout, get there eight AM, watch game day out on my porch or something. Nebraska's gonna shut up the COVID protocol haters. I hope Nebraska wins by forty points. Uh yeah. yeah let's put out a little gambling tip for you. I think Nebraska is currently at uh minus seven on Illinois. Hammer it, folks. Hammer Take it. it. That's it. my we're going to have a little gambling uh, segment on the show each week. Me and Trush will probably. When the real uh, games come up. This is, yeah, once once we kind of get in the swing of the season. But I'll go ahead and make that kind of my first pick for the season, and we'll we'll start keeping a yeah. tally of our records. So we'll see. I'll either be 1-0 or 0-1 after this week, and I hope you all get rich tailing me. Guys, do you have anything else? Or fading you. Well, yeah. I wanted to give one <laughs> last uh, quick shout-out to you, Will Dundon over there for making your radio debut. Um, he did uh, make an appearance on 1025 The Zone. That's an official ESPN radio show. So we do have an official ESPN commentator sitting right here wow. with us. It's true. We're really we're making dreams That's come true awesome. out here on Pater Worldwide. We're, we're all going to make the it. Groundhogs. Groundhog shout out, Groundhog shout out, Worm shout out, Roots. Roots, yeah, yep. that's right. I did like Roots. Shout out Thomas Neal. Yeah, so, speaking of Thomas Neal, quick shout out our trivia team on Tuesday nights. Oh, yeah, we, w. Caterpillar took the number one spot last week. See if we can keep it up tomorrow. Just wanted to say that. Number one spot, $50 gift card, looking to repeat, and I think we will. Maybe a $50 gift card to one of the listeners here soon. Maybe a little giveaway or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we Not need to give a bad idea. A giveaway. We've got our buddy Blade Dog, Seth Coggin. We could do some merch. Some giveaways could be in the future. He's a big here, t-shirt guy. He's going to make us some, some merch for you guys. So. so be on the lookout for that. Guys, uh, if you don't already follow us, follow us on Twitter at Pater underscore sports. Follow us on Instagram, Pater Sports. That's one word, Pater Sports. Check out our website, PaterSports.blog. We'll be posting articles, posting the podcasts, posting everything. Be on the lookout for it. Uh, if you need to get in contact with us, if you want to advertise with us, reach out on one of those social media platforms, DM us, go on the website, go on the Contact Us tab. Guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, pump for next week. Pump for football season. We're back, baby. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Let's get it. God bless. God bless.